Stephen Byrne on 2FM. Welcome back to the weekly podcast of everything that happened on the show at the weekend. If you want to tune in live every Saturday and Sunday from 3 o'clock on 2FM, we talk to some of the biggest stars in movies and music. And this week was no different. We spoke to Shailene Woodley and Felicity Jones all about their brand new film, The Last Letter from Your Lover, which you can catch in cinemas right now, especially if you're looking for something a little bit romantic. They broke down the movie, but also I let them know about the strangest experience I've ever had in a cinema, which was after leaving this movie, one of the stars of the film was in the cinema that I was at. Joe Alwyn, you might know him as Mr. Taylor Swift. He was filming Conversations with Friends, which of course is the follow-up to Normal People, the next Sally Rooney book to be adapted. And he was right inside my, my cinema, filming in the Lighthouse Cinema. <laughs> I thought I was dead. I was, I was like, what is going on? We live in a simulation. Is this the Matrix? It is glitching. But here is how that conversation went with Shailene and Felicity. And here's what they had to say about the movie. Congratulations on this, guys. Um, absolutely loved it and had the strangest experience as I left the cinema on Friday morning. Uh, the first person I saw outside the screen was Joe Alwyn. So I thought I was dead. I actually thought I was dead. He was at the cinema at the same time? He would, no, he was filming a TV show um, called Conversations with Friends. Oh, yeah. In the cinema, and I walked out. So, uh, thank you for this, <laughs> That's this so weird. surrealist experience of my life, but also at the same time for an absolutely incredible movie. So, congratulations on this. Um, kicking it off, um, Shailene, how easy is it to you know work within you know a, a film like this where you know you are in a certain period of time and the costumes and the locations and everything else just create that world for you automatically from the beginning? I mean, that makes it much easier, <laughs> makes it much easier. Um, when you look around you and you're constantly reminded of the person that you're portraying and, and the life that you're supposed to be living. And, um, you know, one of the greatest things that was most helpful for me was I reconnected so deeply with my grandmother uh, preparing for this role because she got married in the 60s and had her first baby in the 60s. And it was really, it was an amazing opportunity for me to learn about a side of her life that I otherwise probably wouldn't have questioned too deeply or wouldn't have explored too much. Um, and so every time I was on those sets and I saw those cars or I saw the the decor that was around me, I thought of my grandma and tried to channel her into Jennifer. And, and that was a beautiful, a beautiful opportunity that I had. That's absolutely stunning. Um, Felicity, would you find yourself quite like Ellie in the sense that you need to know the ending of something? You can't let it go. You're just like, I have to finish this and I have to get to the end. I have to see it. Yeah, definitely. I share uh, some of her tenacity without, <laughs> without a doubt. And and I think it's that thing, she gets just so emotionally hooked into something and it's mm -hmm. kind of the perfect moment for her because it's where her emotional life and her career intersect. And, and I imagine for journalists, that's quite, that's quite a, a special moment. So she has the, she has the sort of desire deep inside to pursue the story because it means something personally to her. Completely. Um, romance is a difficult thing to create on screen. Um, it can go one way or the other. So how did you guys go, go about that? And, and the relationships on set, how did you build it together uh, to make it as authentic as, as we did see? What, in terms of the different relationships that yeah. we have? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that came so much from the atmosphere that Augustine created. I think she created such a relaxed, easygoing kind of unintimidating vibe just on set and and it's also very much who she is she's a very accepting person and so we were sort of all at her mercy really and she made it feel so um she made it feel so easy to 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 connect with the with the 
you know, with Nabon, I think, mm -hmm. and I imagine with Callum as well, it sort of was just a very harmonious set to be working on. And she, she's an actor herself, so she she knows exactly sort of what it what it's like and and how awkward it can feel if you're not looked after properly. I mean, Augustine really did like provide the container for all of us yeah. to feel safe and comfortable with one another. And and then I got really lucky with Callum. Um, the two of us have a lot of mutual friends and and so had kind of known a lot about each other before we'd met. And, and then once we met, we kind of just made a decision that we would be very, very close friends throughout the film. And we were in very similar places in our lives and um, on a personal level connected deeply, which anytime that happens outside of character, a character dynamic, you have an elevated sense of safety and um, comfort when you're in these intimate moments with them on set. It also made me just rue the world we live in right now. I was just thinking for the whole thing, oh, I hate social media so much. <laughs> I hate dating right now. It is just yeah. not the romantic, um, uh, you know, aspect of, of, of writing the letters and, and all that um, is absolutely stunning. Is that what, do you, do you kind of, would you consider yourselves to be romantic people uh, in that regard as well? Um, because when I look at, at this, it really did make me so happy to, in, in the end. And it was such a beautiful ending. But at the same time, I was so upset with how what the world has come to. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably a good time to have a bit of a resurgence of romance, isn't it? I mean, it was interesting that um, normal people were so, so popular because obviously there is somewhere a, a craving for love stories isn't mm. there and for for you know exploring connection and and maybe because it feels like the world has got so terrible <laughs> you know, you've gone we've gone back to that kind of 80s moment when we just want to be watching romantic comedies and <laughs> and anything that gives us hope completely and when it comes to the book was it something that you dived into to really shape the characters or did you try and bring it in your own direction the book, I mean, at least for our, my storyline, um, Jennifer and, and Anthony and Lawrence, we relied heavily on the book. And there were a lot of moments where we go back to the book, actually, and look up specific quotes or lines that Jojo had written for these characters and inserted them into the film. So it was it was very resourceful and very helpful for us. Congratulations, guys. Like I said, it was absolutely stunning and you really pulled it out of the bag. So thank you so much uh, for your time. Absolutely love that. Go check it out if you are looking for a little bit of romance on screen. Set in cinemas right now. And it's speaking of music, The Academic joined us in studio to talk all about their brand new EP, Community Spirit. Love these lads. It was Craig and Stephen and they broke it down for us. Talked about bringing some tracks back from uh, when they were teenagers that they wrote when they were teenagers. And then jumping into an empty swimming pool in the music video for um, what is one of my favorite songs at the moment and uh, we've been playing it to death here on 2FM Not Your Summer here's what they had to say about all that and of course the live events industry Leisure Picnic this week being announced that it won't be happening the boys had a few words to say on how they think the roadmap should be going ahead Take a listen. Congratulations on the new music. Absolutely love. I think every single single that you've released over the last while has been our track of the week. So, yeah, um, and thank you very much for all of that. No, um, thank you. You know, thank you for the music in that regard because I think it's something that over the last year and to the point where, you know, be it film or be it music, we have relied on the arts more than ever over the last 15 months. So, uh, seeing bands releasing music, but then also giving us the hope for seeing you guys live again is what we are holding out for. When did this all come about? Because I know there was a song that you wrote when you were a lot younger um, yes, on yeah. the record. So when 
I guess, did you kind of realize you wanted to put that on there and, and go all the way back to those teenage years? Yeah, it was just, it was the January of this year and um, I had just been stuck at home in like my bedroom, demoing with an acoustic guitar and a little drum machine and um, nothing to sing about, nothing to write about other than pure misery. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, 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 this is taking a really dark turn this interview, I'm sorry. But um, nothing to look at. And we just started looking back at old uh, notebooks we had from when right. we were like 16, 17. And um, done a couple of demos of that. And then that kind of opened up the pathways and some new songs came. And Not Your Summer was one of them. And um, yeah, we just had a couple of songs we felt that weren't an album, definitely weren't an album, but made sense together in this year. And we just had a discussion. We were we knew we weren't going to tour anything, but we just said, let's make something to keep yeah. us occupied. Yeah, it was nearly for our own like, yeah. good more than like... <laughs> more than we wanted to give new yeah. music to fans we just because uh, we did an EP last summer as well kind of at the very start of, of COVID and everything yeah. so we had a vague idea what like a COVID release was going to be like we knew like what it was like to release music and not get to tour it so we felt like we had done it once before we can do it again <laughs> it, it was that it, I'm sure a weird feeling where you put something out there and then all, all of a sudden you know people are listening to it and you're getting feedback but also the world just goes on and you're still there at home so that must have been very difficult just breaking those habits of what would have been in the past um, I love the fact that you did stretch back to lyrics though from when you were younger because I feel like we were all quite nostalgic during this last 15 months yeah completely yeah. and this EP is the most self-reflective and the most melancholic thing and probably the most mature thing we've ever released Mm. and a lot of that did come from like looking at lyrics we wrote as teenagers and kind of flipping your point of view and looking at them now it's like um is there a little bit of a pat on the back there as well to be like fair play well that kid wasn't too bad yeah but it was nice to to kind of look back and also go forward the ep is like a lovely mix of like stuff that reminds us of like the early days of the band and brand new stuff like not your summer of course community spirit is that just a signifier of what we've all had to utilize over the last 15 months and 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 bring together in order to get us through it day by day i think so and we were back in that situation of back in our childhood rooms and back with our families and you know remind just the whole thing reminded me of like relying on somebody to pick me up and drop me over to the guy's house and like because I still don't drive and um, it was just a disaster I literally only passed my theory test last week for the second time just just booked mine (laughs) I had to go to Kilkenny for it as well it was like oh god but anyway but there was all of that just that kind of homely feeling of being really close to each other again without being in the band yeah Mm. back in the villages where we grew up like the the entire EP was recorded in like my childhood bedroom in my mum and dad's house so it was literally we've been saying in interviews like this EP is nearly like the truest representation of the academic so far because there's no outside influences there was no engineers or producers (laughs) it was just the four of us winging it it's funny I was in the car with Faye from Soda Blonde about two weeks ago we were going for a swim and then we found out that the beach we went to you weren't allowed in the water so we sat there and listened to the EP for (laughs) the entirety there and she was she was the one who told me she was like they produced this themselves isn't that amazing it sounds so great Um, and it does did you Always, you, you obviously knew you had that within yourself before because maybe when you were doing demos, they, they sounded to that extent and that quality. But did you find yourself pushing yourself because you had that pressure on yourself to go back to those DIY aspects? Yeah, definitely. I was lucky. Like, I, I did study um, a bit of kind of sound engineering mm. when I was younger, but it kind of lost it all. And I started to get a bit of a grow for it over the lockdown again, like big into it. And, you know, you can learn everything from home now, you know, and yeah. artists like Billie Eilish and Claro and... Girl in Red are, are all doing that and showing that you don't need to be 
in Abbey Road. Although also, that is lovely, but yeah. you don't have to be, you know. <laughs> also, but we would love it if it was yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been very lucky to work with incredible producers in the past as well, like Nick Hodgson from Kaiser Chiefs, yes. yeah. the Act of My Age, like EP and Tim Pagnada did our debut album. So we've picked up lots of tips and tricks along the way. So it was kind of learning from them great guys mixed yeah. with like us experimenting and not having a clue what we're doing and it's kind of like a happy medium yeah well you guys definitely know what you're doing and uh, stick around because we're going to break down more of the EP in a minute but let's take one of the tracks off it this is Kids Don't End Up Like Me by The Academic Stephen and Craig are still here with me you released the music video for Not Your Summer which I absolutely love and I love the fact that in the first scene of it uh, you jump into an empty pool and it doesn't go well for you can you tell me was it actually an empty pool no. or it's, it's very much an abandoned water abandoned. Like, was, was, was there something underneath there to save your fall? It was, yeah, so like <laughs> the, the problem was I was told there was a stunt in it and that they had a stunt double. Yeah, and okay. we got there on the day and the stunt double, I'm not very tall, you can you you know that. Yeah, yeah. And um, this guy was really tall and um, wasn't going to work. <laughs> and I wanted to wear a specific t-shirt in the video. And if he'd done the jump, he wasn't allowed. We had to wear the same t-shirt. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just I just wanted to do it. I wanted to Tom Cruise it. And, yeah. um, the academic do their own stunts. Oh, I'll let so them they brought know in that, this yeah. team from that like do all the stunts when Game of Thrones are filming. Oh wow! Like a fa- uh, and they've been doing it years. They're a family. I can't remember their name, and I feel bad about that. But um, they were like, go on, run and jump into this kind of padding. <laughs> and I done it once, and he was like, he's grand. And then you're like, can we, I do it again? And then we rolled it, <laughs> and um, it like you know, we did about ten. It's takes one of those weird ones where like you know. I think we all like film here. Yeah. And it's like, you see it, it's like, this looks terrible. And then when you see the final product, it's like, it looks oh, brilliant. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You and know. there's humor to it as well. Yeah. But also at the same time, uh, it's quite tragic in that aspect as well. But that's what the song is. It, it seems like such a happy song when you listen to it, but there's a lot of anxiety in there too. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that <laughs> visually, that's very well represented yes. in like yeah. an empty water world that it should be a place of happy family <laughs> memories. And then we're just all chilling there and it's empty and dusty and maybe haunted yeah <laughs> potentially I mean we want to see you guys live again and we've had not the best news this week that Electric Picnic is not going to happen and just in general what's your feeling right now when it comes to when it comes to it, when it comes to live music when it comes to the fact that I can say here we don't seem to have a roadmap and we need it and yeah. it's so stressful for you know I, I mentioned Faye Soda Blanche she's my best friend I just want to see her live in September and I don't yeah. know if I'm able to do that <laughs> it's as simple as that we need if you, like we've had long enough we haven't sat in these lockdowns not yeah. to have even like a tiny little stepladder of what's going to happen by, by the time we see the Irish road plan we will have travelled to the UK and back and played two of the biggest festivals in Europe Reading to, and Leeds to yeah. like 90,000 people or whoever so like the discrepancies it's it doesn't make sense it's far too large and I think we, we need we need a roadmap now because the industries the live events industry has truly been decimated mm-hmm. and it's these are highly highly skilled talented people who have spent dedicated their lives to being good sound engineers and lighting engineers and they've been probably without gigs since March of 2020 and it, it's just it's not really acceptable anymore it isn't um, and I think for me personally I think it's just a sign of how much the arts and nightlife has been appreciated over the last 10 years which isn't that much you know we see the cities yeah. and towns and, 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 and all that falling away um, so hopefully um, something does go soon which is the pressure that's being put on I think at the moment and you know voices 
like you know we've seen Danny from the Coronas and Brezzy and, and people like that speaking up but everybody's speaking up and I think it takes the, the punters to do it as well because they don't realise how much work goes into a gig and I think we really have to appreciate like you said the sound engineers the amount of people electrocuting 3,000 people pretty much yeah. that would be employed there but we will Steve again you're going on tour um, in the UK next year you're going to be playing um the big top as well next summer um, am I right in saying that yeah yeah so there's lots of stuff to look forward to are you ready to get on a stage again now do you feel like have yeah. you just like <laughs> we're gonna be nervous but like we're, we're ready definitely there's been yeah I think we just want to get out there and like see other bands like you said with like Faye and Soda Blonde you know bands that should be gigging all the time and it's just feel that backstage atmosphere yeah we just that miss kinda, it that lifestyle of being on tour and living out of a suitcase I miss that more than anything yeah. more than the shows themselves <laughs> well trust me you will see me front row crying my eyes out because I think I'm going to collectively do that for every single gig I'm at for the next two <laughs> to three years uh, Craig, Stephen thank you so much for having a chat with us very much appreciated congratulations if Always everybody hasn't checked it Community Spirit absolutely incredible Stephen Byrne on 2FM